Welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, joining you uh, live with my good friend, John Ronaldo. John, how is it going? It's going good. We're getting into a groove. Uh, like many of you, uh, we're at home. We're staying home. There's nothing open. So we're, we're, we're finally a little more sane. First few weeks, we were tearing our hair out and yelling at each other and being impatient. And I think we finally have figured this out. So I hope you all are listening, uh, are, are staying sane during this stay-at-home time that we're in. Chris, how has how your stay-at-home experience been? Uh, you know, today is a good day. Um, yesterday, let's just say, um, there, there are moments, right? It depends. Like right now as a household, things are really good. Um, yesterday was a a decent day for me, stressful for my wife. My youngest son, uh, was crying on the front yard (laughs) at one point, you know, so it's, it's kind of like, uh, it it all depends. But when, uh, Tuesday was a complete mess for me, you know, so it like all depends on like the day and who you're asking in our household. But, um, you know, we're definitely uh, finding the new buzzword, silver linings, right? We're mm-hmm. now finding uh, all these silver linings in our day at home. And, um, I, I'm, you know, I'm blessed to have the family that I have, um, even though uh, there have been moments where I have uh, feel like I'm living the real life shining, you know, uh, <laughs> where I want to chase down my family. Um, but I, I love them. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm probably sharing way too much information. Too much information. Yeah, that's okay. So, but, you know, I, I want people to know that, like, you know, like, even though you and I are, are we're, we're on this virtually from time to time, we're doing, uh, you know, podcasts and everything, that we have real crap that goes on in our house. I, I was like listening to the last episode. And I, I was like laughing about the, just the high pitched screams I could hear from your house. Yeah, you know, that was my house. In. And, you know, I could have tried to like take that out, but I, I think that's the new normal. And what we want to show people is that behind these smiley faces and those locked doors are screaming people. So uh, <laughs> that's right. So just like every other home in America, well, you are locked down in Maryland, Chris. I'm locked down in Nevada, and we have a guest here who is. Lockdown in California. Uh, we have Paul Canavesi here with us, uh, who is up in Northern California in the San Francisco Bay Area, Alameda area. Uh, and he runs the Pastoral Center. Uh, and uh, Paul, I, I've known you for a handful of years. You know, we've connected somewhere along the way. Uh, tell us a little yep. about, uh, just introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and then we'll delve right into our topic here. Sure. So I'm, I'm the director of the online pastoral center and, uh, and a, a big focus of ours is our growing up Catholic ministry, which focuses on how we can coach and empower and equip parents to pass on faith to their own kids. So um, we're trying to help parish leaders to, to do that, uh, to build up the domestic church. And uh, we have lots of tools to, to do that with. That's great. And, and Paul, you had reached out to me because we started talking about this COVID crisis that we're in right now and, and how all these churches immediately went to streaming masses right away, which is great, by the way. That's one of the first things that almost every church did. You know, and so, but one of the conversations that you share with me is actually a quote from the Catechism of the Catholic Church that really encouraged in times of, of difficulty, if someone can't go to mass, families are encouraged to 
to pray at home or do the liturgy of the word. And so I'm really interested in, you know, how, how do we go about doing that, right? Again, we, we've been talking about that this is an opportunity. This crisis is an opportunity to kind of change the way we do things. Now that we don't have mass, uh, or at least we don't have face-to-face mass, how do we take advantage of the opportunity to build up what you call, Paul, and what many people call the domestic church, and, and get them to be praying at home and owning the faith when they can't come to church anymore? Well, I, the first thing is is looking at how how we do worship, and uh, that we're we're an experiential church, right? We're a sacramental church, and so as the catechism says, I mean, folks can look it up at twenty one eighty three in the catechism, which is pointing out that if we can't have a if a priest is not available for us to to gather to celebrate mass, the second choice is to have a liturgy of the word service with the community and if you can't do that then it encourages us to pray as families and uh, i think that's exactly the situation that we're in and it's it's really tough to worship through a screen or to be connected through a screen especially if you're a family with with younger kids i mean it's it's just really tough and i think you've had an experience of that a lot of us have had that experience so far and so what what strikes us is that um as a church, we should be helping and supporting families to learn how to pray together. Um, and it, it's something that we're not always very good at doing. And so what we've done at the Pastoral Center here is that we've created some, um, some worship services, some Liturgy of the Word services um, that we've posted online uh, that are interactive. They're designed for families with kids. So it has some videos at certain points to bring the stories alive. But then what we're doing is we're coaching them through step-by-step to help them pray and pray in a way that is familiar to them, which uh, feels a little bit like what our experience is is at at Mass, the Liturgy of the Word experience, but makes it come alive for their kids. But this is part of a bigger picture of what we should be doing within the church, because we always say, and our teaching is very clear in so many church documents, that parents are the primary ones to to, uh, teach their own kids in the faith and to pass on kids. So if the focus of the focus of our family faith formation ministry should be all about how do we form the family together and how do we support parents on passing on the faith. We can't be successful at this unless we partner with the parents. So let's, I want to share my experience of streaming mass and let's start there and, and kind of go uh, uh, from there. We, the first week that we were kind of locked down, we, we streamed our local mass, our parish streamed mass. Uh, and it was, it was an interesting experience. But it was very difficult. I've got a three-year-old, a four-year-old, and a nine-year-old, and then my wife and I. And so we turned it on, and the kids were just, like, not focused, paying attention at all. Like, they were just running around. Like, like we tried to introduce that this is mass, that we're trying to have an experience of mass. But, but you know, it just – for me, my learning was the streaming mass wasn't developmentally appropriate for my aged kids. Now, older kids and, and adults, it's, I think it's a different story. And I'm not poo-pooing streaming mass at all. I think it's great and yep, probably yep. something that we should keep doing. So when I was inspired by you, Paul, that I moved away the second week, my wife and I said, we are not doing streaming mass again because that wasn't, we didn't get anything out of it. There was nothing positive for us as a family. And again, this is one person's experience. You know, Chris, you could chime in about your experience with this. So, but what we did this past week is 
It, of course, it was the uh, fifth Sunday of Lent this past week, and we did the raising of Lazarus, you know, and so instead we did a liturgy of the word. Now, I, I should have gone and took a look at your resources, Paul, but we just kind of made it up. We, we did the opening prayer, the opening collect. Uh, I'm a musician, so I played on the piano the psalm. Now, we didn't do the first reading. We didn't do the second reading either, but we, did, we sang the psalm, you know, and then we read the story of Lazarus rising, but not from the New American Bible. We actually read one from one of my kids' children's Bibles. That's a little bit more easier for my, especially my three-year-old, four-year-old to understand. Yep. And, and then we had fun acting it out, you know, and, and my nine-year-old got really serious about it, actually. She was like, okay. She kind of became a stage manager director, right, for this. She's like, okay, you're going to do this, dad, and you're going to do this. And my three-year-old played Lazarus because that was the easiest thing to do. He would just lay down dad for the majority of our little acting out, and then he'd rise, right? You know, but uh, that was fun. That was a much better experience for us as a family than the streaming mass. And again, I'm not poo-pooing the streaming mass. I think there's a place for that. But that just didn't work for us. Chris, what was your, what has been your experience? Because your kids are a little bit older than mine. You know, uh, what have you guys tried to do, if anything, uh, you know, with the Sunday experience in light of COVID-19? Yeah, you know, uh, it, it's interesting because, well, first, I'm laughing at um, your experience because, uh, you know, you don't have to worry about uh, anyone shaming you. Uh, for your kids acting like kids at mass, right? Um, the other thing, uh, you know, I have a seven and a 10 year old and we had similar experiences where, um, you know, the seven and the 10 year old kind of uh, were like laying down, they weren't being reverent or anything like that. But, you know, also this wasn't our first go around with streaming mass because as many people know, I used to work at Church of the Nativity. And when we had uh, Snowmageddon here a couple of years ago, it was actually something that we prepared for. We pre-recorded the mass we set it up so that we could stream mass and watch it at home. And it's one of those things where, and I'm going to dive into this a little bit uh, deeper, and I'd be interested in Paul's thoughts on this, where I think when we think about streaming mass, we, we get the, we're trying to hit a specific audience. And John, I don't think you and I or Paul are necessarily that audience for streaming mass. Um, so before I get into that, with us, what we did, what I did is I hit pause anytime the kids were disruptive. And I said, okay, guys, what's going on here? And they talked about it. And it was Len, right? And I said, hey, you notice how we did this instead of that? Why is that? Oh, it's because it's Lent, Daddy. So, you know, for me, like, it was a way of, uh, we were able to take the streaming mass and make it a teaching mass for our kids. Um, we were able to pause after the homily, which you don't do in the liturgy. And, and I get it. You would not do this live. But we paused and said, okay, well, what did you think about Father Rick's homily? Or what do you think about that reading? And so, you know, we took that experience and we made it a teaching moment for the family. Is it the same thing that we would do on Sunday? No, absolutely not if we were coming to church, but it became a different tool and a different experience than that. Now, going back to my earlier comment, I don't think streaming mass is for, and I can't think of a term that's not insulting, but it's not for those sold out churchgoers like you and I, right? Like, who it's going to take a lot of um, a lot of <laughs> uh, just mistakes that the church is going to make before we even question whether or not we go to mass, right? We will go to really poor liturgies because we love the mass, right? Streaming mass is not for us. Streaming mass is an evangelization tool. It's a tool for the homebound. It's a tool for those people who either a don't understand it, are intimidated to show up on Sunday, or c like cannot make it themselves. So, um, you know, people, 
I, I, you know, I, at first I, I got a little self-righteous and poo-pooed the people who were uh, like, you know, saying like streaming mass is not the right way to go. It's, you know, this is not what Jesus wanted and things like that. I was like, yeah, yes, it is. It's an evangelization tool. It's just not for you. So therefore take your family up a level and uh, you know, and engage in some of these tools. And the last thing I'll say about this is this is, this is showing one thing that I'm learning and seeing on, on virtual, not just in my own church is how consumeristic we are as Catholics, right? Because we're upset at a virtual mass, not, giving us something that we should be able to do on our own, right? And so I'll drop my mic and uh, pass it or pass it on to Paul or, or to you to, to hear your guys' response. And, and those of you who are listening or watching live would love to hear your thoughts on this. Are you a fan of the streaming mass? Yes or no? What are your thoughts? Share away. So I, I completely agree with you that street, there's a place for the streaming mass and it's great that we can do it and it's a gift that we have this technology, but it's not for all situations. And I, I would kind of, I would challenge us as a church to think about what, what it's best used for and how we can best use it. And one thing I want to point out is that there are many communities, uh, it, you know, outside of this crisis that do not have a local priest that can pray with them on Sundays. And so what, what does the church tell them to do? Do we have them stream another parish from across town or across uh, the country? No, we have them do a local Liturgy of the Word service, which is what the, the catechism, or which goes back to canon law, of course, with what it's quoting, tells them to do. So I, I would ask, well, why is it that we do that? We really value in-person worship and the sacramentality of the, of the moment and the community and all of that. So that's one thing. Uh, the, the second thing is that um, I think you're right in and both of you, as you're talking about this, that it's not a great experience for families with kids. And so my concern is that they're not going to tune in at all, at all and they're not, not going to have any experience on Sundays. Is that what we want as, as a church, that people are just going to kind of tune out and forget about church until we're all back and able to do it in person, and hopefully they still remember us? And we often at the Pastoral Center, we focus a lot on the families who are on the margins, and Pope Francis is encouraging us, whether we're thinking about evangelization through those terms, but just thinking about so many of our families are, you know, not the ones who are all gung-ho and uh, are going to put up with... <laughs> you know, doing whatever it takes to uh, connect in with their parish community, but we want to figure out how to serve them. And so that's the other piece here of if we're going to lead them in uh, praying at home, it's great to hear you guys talking about how you had these cool experiences in sharing uh, worship with your own kids. But let's, let's be honest, we're all folks with theology degrees, we're folks who work for churches, who have, who are, who have worked for churches. So think about the families, you know, maybe your friends, you know, all, all of you listening to this, think about the families who are not in that boat. What do we need to do to kind of coach them along to have a great prayer experience with their own kids? And the great benefit of this is that we're teaching them how to pray. You know, this is our chance to help them, uh, you, you know, pray with their own kids to step into the faith, to be in a leadership role in terms of faith with their own kids. So that's exactly what we do with our um, worship at home experiences. We put notes, it's a, it's a web page, so they can pull it up on their iPad or pull it up on their laptop. And we coach them through the experience and we say, okay, here's how you set up your worship space. And, you know, if you can put a little tablecloth there and put your Bible on top of it. And then we say, you know, you can uh, give these parts to your different, your kids 
kids or to, to you as parents. And each step of the way, we have uh, uh, music videos there so they can play the songs and sing along with them. And uh, then we have a, a retelling of the gospel and video. They also read it out loud. So we're coaching the parents. And that's the key for what we should be doing all the time, whether it's worship in this particular case or whether it's, it's a broader sense of faith formation, talking about the faith with their kids. How do we as parish leaders empower these parents so that they can take on a strong role? I think that's what we should be doing all the time. I, I, so I agree 100%, but let me share with you some of the things I've heard some priests and pastors say to me over the past couple of weeks, you know, uh, is, is that uh, one, one person in particular said, you know, it's a balance because, you know, we'd like people to do streaming mass, but we don't want to do, give them too many resources to do at home. I'm kind of paraphrasing. We don't want to give them too many resources to do at home because I'm afraid that they're, they're not going to come back when mass does start back up again. And, and I didn't have a good response at the time. And this, this conversation is helping me kind of understand a little bit more, like how do we respond to that situation? Because the more I reflect on it, the more I've seen it go, well, that's kind of a, a, a response out of fear that we're going to lose more people. You know, we are, and we already know from the data that we're losing people. Uh, but, but it, it, it slaps right in the face of what you're talking about, Paul. It's like, but still, we should have always been, regardless of whether we're in a pandemic or not, helping people pray at home. So you're giving me some language to help me in my coaching and my work with, with priests in terms of, 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 of thinking differently about it. And, and it didn't hit me until you guys were talking about it. Who is, what's the audience for streaming mass? Uh, and, and that was, that was key for me to kind of think that through a little bit. So I'm really appreciating this conversation. You know, is, would there be a certain response that you would have to a priest that is fearful of like, well, if we give them too many tools to pray on their own at home, they won't come back to mass. How, how would you respond to something like that, Paul and Chris for that matter? Well, well, for one thing, I, I think we have a lot bigger problems if we're worried about our families praying at home. <laughs> I mean, if we're worried about our families praying too much at home or learning to pray at home, you know, my main response to this, I mean, maybe this is a little, maybe this is pushing too much, but what I would say is that we have this problem right now. We have huge disaffiliation happening in this, in, in this country in particular. Um, and why is that happening? Well, if, if, you, if you read what the studies are saying, they're saying that because the parents are not taking an active role in passing on faith to their own kids. And because that is the primary factor, that's the biggest thing that affects whether kids remain Catholic, we're losing whole generations right now. And so I see this as a huge opportunity for us to take a step into uh, coaching and empowering parents to take that role and encouraging them because, you know, we're gonna have Holy Week here and we're not gonna be able to gather for it. So are we telling our families, hey, sorry, we're canceling Holy Week this year. We don't cancel Holy Week. We can still observe Holy Week as families and we can support them in different ways. And I'm not saying there isn't a role for the parishes to play. And I think we should be recording homilies, recording, uh, uh, they're using technology in ways, in short videos that will, um, that will support families and support the whole, whole parish in different ways. But I think what's happened is, is that whether we like it or not, we have just stepped into the year of the domestic church. I mean, this is what we're telling our people. We have just 
stepped into, whether you guys like it or not, we have been forced into this. And so the question is, what are we going to do with it? Are we going to embrace it or are we going to squander this opportunity? Yeah, you know, uh, it, it, it's interesting, guys, uh, some of the comments that we're getting here um, on, on Facebook, um, people sharing their experiences. Uh, uh, Rena was sharing uh, how this new virtual church for, for her family, uh, um, uh, her, her son, was, her toddler was just uh, watching her phone, at, watching her watch the phone and said, amen, thinking now that she was, she was engaging in some kind of spiritual virtual uh, worship right there. And so, um, you know, younger generations are going to be seeing this domestic, this opportunity for domestic church coming about. And, and that was something John and I have been talking about with these last couple of episodes where we're talking about these new opportunities for the church to engage, right? New opportunities for us to, um, to really like look at how domestic church should be, but also not just that, but how our positions, those of us who are staff, um, how we need to be nurturing and engaging the domestic church and not just delegating it to the director of family ministry or the DRE or the youth minister, but how do we empower that? Because Going back to John's comments about the fear that people are seeing about, you know, if we give them too much to do at home, they're never going to come back to church. If we give them enough to do at home, they're going to be excited to come back to church because they're going to understand the purpose of church. What we're seeing um, with uh, with COVID and um, is an escalation of what was happening before, where people were not seeing the value of coming to mass. Um, and they were going back to their busy, they weren't going back home, they were going to their clubs and their uh, activities, and, but now we can reintroduce the, that to them at home, and I think that's, that's something that's huge. And, um, you know, Paul, you're getting a lot of praise for saying the year of the domestic church, so um, let's, let's, let's unofficially officially call this the year of the domestic church. <laughs> there you go. I like that. <laughs> Well, and I, I want to make sure we're not just focusing on the worship piece, because I think there's a bigger piece in terms of passing on the faith. And this is a lot of what we, we focus on here at the Pastoral Center and, and through our Growing Up Catholic ministry. And so this is what inspired us to put together a Holy Week at Home experience. Uh, again, a, a free online resource that parishes can point their people to. And so what we did is we, we had started with the worship services because that was before Holy Week and we've been doing it through, through Lent here. But then what we did is we also added on um, some experience some activities that parents could do with their kids, everything from baking hot cross buns to, you know, watching a little video to understand what Holy Week is about uh, to other kinds of prayer and some crafts. And what we try to do is not make it too overwhelming to put too much there, but to have something for each of the key days of Holy Week. So starting with Palm Sunday and then worshiping through that all the way through, you know, so Holy Thursday, Good Friday, um, and, and, and Easter experiences. So at this time when schools are uh, asking parents to kind of quasi homeschool their kids, um, what are we doing as a church to help parents do that? And I, families are all over the place in terms of their experience. Some of us are super overwhelmed and we're getting flooded with all kinds of things to do and lists of sites to, with engaging ways for us to, to teach our kids things while they're bored. Um, but that's another experience is that uh, we're trying to find helpful things for our kids to do during the time because a lot of them have a lot of time on their hands. So we're trying to provide something from the church. And even for those leaders, of, I know so many of you leaders out there are just overwhelmed. Some of you may, might be uh, working less hours or no hours because the parish isn't paying you anymore. 
So these are things that are put together in a nice, easy package where you can send one link to your folks. We have a nice like banner image that makes it you know, really inviting um, to, again, do what I'm, I keep getting back to. We want to coach the parents because they've never done this before. Many parents have never prayed with their kids before at home, have never tried to teach their kids anything about the faith. So we're just trying to help them have conversations and do something fun with their kids that's faith-based. And I think awesome. it's important that we we are that we're pastorally sensitive in that that sense that it depends on the phase of life that people are in. <clears throat> they're dealing with this reality of shelter in place at home very differently. Like you know, I I, I see a lot of people on social media that are like we have all this time on our hands and they're streaming all sorts of shows. I'm like where the heck are you getting all this time? Like, I don't have any, I have less time now. Like what's yep. going on here. Right. You know, and I'm so, with you. <laughs> so part of it is, is being, you're providing resources, but also being realistic, what families can do and not do. Because again, this, this is crisis mode. You know, this is not homeschooling. This is crisis schooling, right? right? Cause this is not what homeschooling looks like. And so, right. you know, it, 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 it's, so it's very different depending on what stage, you know, people, of life are in and and if anything i'm i'm more excited for my kids to hurry up and grow up now because i'm just like i'm so like there, there's so much for me to try to keep engaging them my nine-year-old is great and doing the schoolwork but my three and four-year-old need constant attention and you know those of you who are on the facebook you know live here saw my youngest son just came in earlier you know and and it was interrupting the podcast here but that's the reality of, of home life right now and so so i think i just want to continue to also encourage our leaders to be realistic of what, what they're uh, what they're putting out there what parents can and can't do right now yes it's an opportunity right but at the same time there's a lot of other things going on in people's minds and hearts that uh, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say, oh, your families are going to come out of this praying perfectly at home. That's not going to be the case. But Paul, to your point, it's coaching, it's training, it's start to encourage some of that to happen in a very realistic way. And, and let's not go crazy and put burdens on, more burdens on families that they, that they don't need right now. Well, well, we say that right at the top of the page. We say, you don't have to do this perfectly. We recorded a video with our own family and we just said, here's, you know, here's how you do it. You know, don't, don't, you know, don't <laughs> freak out about it. Don't, well, I don't say it that way in the video, but we just try to, you know, help them say, you know, this isn't a big deal. This is something that you can do. And I tell them that directly in the video. Yeah. Well, you know, another thing, um, you, you mentioned hot cross buns and I got really hungry all of a sudden, but, um, <laughs> you know, that reminded me of <clears throat> some of these simple, like principle, family principles, right? Domestic family principles that can feed our faith in regards to, um, cooking together, having a meal together. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, before this, uh, we, we had dinner pretty much six, six nights a week together. Um, the one night when I was doing youth ministry, I, I wasn't with the family, but we pretty much sit down most nights to have dinner together. But now we're having breakfast together. We're having lunch together. We're having dinner together, right? We're, um, we're praying at those times, blessing, you know, blessing the food. We're having conversations and, and healthier moments like that. So, you know, it's even like reminding families of these small little things that are part of the quote unquote domestic life that feed the faith that lead to those deeper things. So instead of a family that maybe, maybe the first step that we can encourage families to do um, that wasn't doing this beforehand is just have a meal, like make sure you're having your meals together at the, at the table, right? 
make sure yep. that you're having uh, going for walks together as a family. And that's going to create the environment that when you do start talking about faith or praying together, it's not as foreign because you've got that, that, that culture, that habit that's developed. And those are the type of things that I hope continue on after this is all said and done, right? Is that we're not rushing to get from activity to activity, but that we're spending time together as a family so that we can in, introduce these different activities and, and, um, and strategies and, and prayers to, to help people grow in their faith. Well, we need to back up here too, because we're in the midst of the COVID crisis. But the question is, what should we be doing as a church as a whole <laughs> to encourage the, what happens in the domestic church, to coach parents, to bring faith into the home so they're comfortable talking about faith. These are all the factors that the studies are telling us actually result in kids who are lifelong Catholics. And, uh, you know, something's broken in our system right now when we're seeing that, that we're, we're losing generations because that's not happening. And again, that's what we see in the studies that they're pointing to. The main factor is the role that the parents play. So if they're out of the picture, if we're not helping them be active, uh, you know, so the question is, how can we do that through what we do all the time within a parish, even when we're gathering? Yeah. And yeah. that's maybe another podcast. <laughs> that <laughs> that's is. The, but that's the opportunity, right? right. That's what we're talking exactly. about. How do we use COVID-19? How do we use the crisis to build new habits, not only in our leadership as pastoral leaders, right, but also in our families? That's what we're trying to do right now because we all have new habits today that we didn't have three, four weeks ago, right? We're living very differently than we did, right? Because we're forced to. That's why I keep coming back to it's an opportunity. Let's build those habits so that it, this is not just a COVID-19 thing, but this is, again, beyond. We're moving beyond and thinking ahead because this crisis is temporary and hopefully it ends soon, right? You know, but, you know, mm -hmm. the, the opportunity – I keep going back to it. I know I sound like a broken record, but I want people to hear that. This is an opportunity. Well, <laughs> okay, I'll stop. <laughs> well, and uh, no, I mean, I think it's worth reminding, but I would also add that we have to be intentional during this time, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, anytime a void is created, right? Like things are going to fill it and you can be intentional about it or just let the culture take on. And, and it's not like the church is the only uh, institution or organization or business out there that's trying to figure out like how to walk with people. I mean, you're now seeing more and more commercials or advertisements on how people, how other companies or organizations are going to make your life better during this crisis, during this pandemic. And, and so as a church, we can't just assume that, you know, people are going to come back to Christ now that there's none of this secular stuff that uh, was there before is gone, but uh, we have to be intentional about it and, 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 and continue these best practices that we should have been doing before this crisis hit. Yeah, but especially now, I mean, this, families need to pray, especially during this time when we're stressed out and we're, you know, we're scared and we're not sure what's coming next or how long this is going to take. I mean, we should be helping families pray around this and, uh, you know, use their faith foundation to to hold them during this time exactly and the, the really the this episode and the last three episodes which are all kind of been you know COVID 19 episodes but really pointing to to beyond to the future what this crisis has done is really revealed what i would say are the chinks in our armor of church 
because we're forced to do things very differently than we ever did before, we now realize where our weak areas are. Uh, and we've talked about in previous episodes, we don't have updated databases. So how can we contact parishioners right now when they're not coming on things, right? Online giving is not up and running, right? You know, so we talked about that in a previous episode. Now we're talking about, here we are, not, not just mass, but the domestic church. We have not been as intentional, generally speaking, about building up that domestic church, Paul, that you're talking about. That's another chink in our armor. That's okay. What are we learning from it? And that that's what these last four episodes, and who knows, maybe we'll have more on COVID-19, Chris, moving forward. But that's what these last four episodes that we've done have really been about, you know, uh, making our armor stronger, for lack of a better way of describing this, uh, and, and really learning from it. And so that when something like this happens again, and there will always be similar things that we've learned from previous experiences. And so we're learning from COVID-19 to build our church stronger in the future because it's revealing some of the weak areas right now. And that's okay. That's normal. And I'm excited about that. And I'm hoping parishes are really taking this time seriously to, to learn so that we come out of this as a different church than what we came into it as. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Paul, uh, again, I think we could be talking about this for hours and um, um, a lot of our uh, viewers on Facebook are are talking about this and a lot of appreciation for bringing this uh, subject to light. Um, uh, If people want to uh, get in touch with you and uh, the things that you're doing, what's the what's the best way? Where can we find you um, on the net? Yeah, so uh, there's there's two websites. The, the first one to point to for specifically the family focus and a lot of what I've been talking about here is our growingupcatholic.com website. And what you'll see at the top of that website is a link to our Holy Week at Home experience. And so you can click through. That's the link and the, the banner image that you can put on your website. You can put in emails or however you're communicating with your folks right now. Um, we, we do uh, request that parishes come and, and uh request a free license from us to do that. You don't have to pay anything. Um, There's a leader tab there. You can find out how to do it. We coach you through how to uh, get that out to your people. You can also find us at pastoralcenter.com and that has all of our faith formation resources because we do adult formation and and other things. And we have a bunch of free resources across the board. So we have some free COVID-19 handouts, one for um, anyone in the parish and another one focused on on parents. We have a free faith formation guide for leaders talking you through what to, to do there, all free tools that you can find there. Uh, so yeah, thanks so much, Chris and, uh, and John, for helping us get the word out about this. And we encourage any of you who are taking advantage of these things, we're right up on top of Holy Week coming up here. So help us spread the word to other leaders so they can do this. It's It's the least that we can do to help help these families through the, the crisis you were talking in your last podcast about, you know, if, if we're asking folks, folks to keep donating to the church, what are we doing to help support them? And so this is a really easy way that all you have to do is add a link or send out an email. Awesome. Awesome. And, and, and for those of you who are listening or watching, um, uh, please know that uh, we'll have all these uh, links in, in the show notes um, uh, for you guys to get in touch with Paul and, Also, um, if you guys have topics or thoughts or things that you want us to discuss um, on the church podcast, if there are guests that you want us to bring on, especially as we navigate through these interesting times, uh, definitely uh, shoot us an email at questions at thechurchpodcast.org. 
Uh, that's questions at the church podcast.org. But say you don't want to connect with both of us and, and you prefer John. Uh, John, what's the best way that people can get in touch with you? I don't see why people would prefer me over you, but just in case, you can reach out to us at parasuccessgroup.com. All of our information is there. Or if you want to connect uh, on Twitter, at John Ronaldo is my handle. Yeah, I don't know why people would prefer you over me anyway, but I uh, just uh, wanted to, if they wanted to get in touch with you. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but if you <laughs> want to get in touch with me, uh, just reach out, all things Marathon Youth Ministry or questions at marathonyouthministry.com. You can find me on uh, all social media, uh, Marathon Youth Ministry. Um, and again, you can visit uh, our website, thechurchpodcast.org. Uh, leave a comment, a uh, thought, or uh, definitely leave a review on iTunes or Spotify, uh, especially a five-star review to let us know how we're doing and, and get, the, get the word out there because uh, we want to walk with you. We want to um, help you all uh, navigate uh, over the next couple of weeks or months. And uh, even after this, uh, we just want to um, help you uh, do church better. Uh, Paul, thank you again for being with us on the podcast. Uh, as tradition, uh, we usually ask our guests to pray. Would you uh, close us in prayer? Sure, sure. Thank you. It's been an honor. So in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Gracious God, we ask that you, you help all of those who are suffering in this crisis and that you watch over all of those who are, who are suffering through illness, all of those who are the, the first responders, those in healthcare, those who are um, working hard during this crisis. We also ask that, uh, that you give some peace and grace to those who are suffering through their work situations, who have lost jobs, especially those who have lost jobs in parish ministry or school ministries. Uh, we ask that you watch over them and give them strength and uh, that, that they find resurrection here as we move toward Easter. And finally, we pray for all those families who uh, may feel a little bit disconnected from the church at this time. Help them to feel your grace and to feel the community of all those believers uh, who are still there, still praying, and still in community. We pray that all of this through Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.